How do you become a DJ and create an incredibly successful lifestyle while everyone around you doesn't even believe it's possible? That's the big question. And this podcast will give you the answer. Welcome to the DJ University Podcast. DJ University Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the DJ University Podcast. My name is Ben, and today we're going to switch things up a little bit. As a matter of fact, I was actually interviewed on another person's podcast, and I wanted to share that recording with you guys. So I was actually featured on DJ Rundat's In The Mix DJ series recently, and it was a really interesting conversation that I think that you guys are all going to gain lots of value from. Now, before we play off that episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, we are getting ready to ramp up the Booked DJs Bootcamp coming up in September. And if you haven't had a chance to join the waiting list, go ahead and head over to djuniversity.com slash bootcamp to join that waiting list. And the second that the doors open, you'll be able to register. Once again, go over to djuniversity.com slash bootcamp. All right, let's play the interview. Hi, welcome to In The Mix, a DJ series. I'm your host, DJ Rundat. Today, I have Ben from DJ University. Hi. Hey, what's up, Michelle? Not not a whole lot, but a lot. <laughs> you know, everything's <laughs> back up. It's like, it's about to be go You've always been an ambitious person. Aww, you too, you too. I know we have a lot of similarities. So thank you for being a part of the series. I always like to start out on hearing your story. Like what inspired you to DJ? Oh, great question. So really it started off just, uh, I had kind of a rough childhood and music was my escape. And so uh, really I was just drawn to music in general. And especially uh, back in the nineties, it was all about hip hop for me. So um, naturally hip hop and DJs were synonymous and that's kind of how I was introduced to, to DJing. Uh, fun fact is that I actually started off as a B-boy first. So breakdancing first and then kind of uh, leveled to uh, becoming a DJ over time. I love that. So when you first started out, who who were your mentors or who did you look up to? Back then it was like uh the scratch pickles. So DJ Qbert, um, oh, also Babu was one of them. So I really followed like the turntablist DJs that were competing in the DMC championships. Um, that was like probably the the biggest influencers, like even Mixmaster Mike. Yeah, you know, he's synonymous with Beastie Boys, but he actually was his own entity in the DJ world and competed on an international stage. Yeah. So I'm curious, when was that? When did you start? What year was it? Um, 1999. Wow. So <laughs> right before the millennium. <laughs> Yeah. So back then, like, how did you even know about them? I mean, you and I both like live in Humboldt County, a very rural area. Like I barely had TV growing up, but I know like, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of internet back then. So like, how did you even know about them? Yeah, uh, actually it was the internet. So, you know, the internet was starting to kind of build up more. Um, so there were people that were selling things online. Like it was like the very, very like initial start um but yeah scratch pickles and like dj qbert they came out with videotapes so like straight up vhs not even dvd tapes but or, or dvds but vhs tapes uh on tutorials and you know different com competitive uh videos that they had of their uh competition routines and stuff like that so i just love to watch those over and over and over again and study them and and that's really how i started yeah, I love it. I definitely remember like scratch pickles were a big deal back then. I remember them playing oh, yeah. at raves in the Bay Area that I were was at. So like super fun. Yeah. And then I mean you to me are one of the original DJs of 
humble. Were there any other DJs locally that you, you know, were friends with back then? Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you've heard of dub cowboy, yeah. uh, Dan. So, you know, he was like with, uh, deep group society also, uh, yeah, he actually had a record store back in the day. So I used to frequent that record store because as you can imagine, there, there were kind of a lack of options in our community. Uh, there was really only two in kind of Northern Humboldt that I was aware of. And, uh, Dan actually owned one of them and he, I think he co-owned it with someone else as well, but, um, I would go over there all the time, just kind of like digging through records and, uh, trying to find different, you know, cuts that I could, uh, bring home with me. And while I was hanging out, just like, you know, searching through the different records, he would actually jump on the table sometimes and just perform. And so I just kind of watch him uh, from a distance. The funny part is like fast forward. So at first he was almost like an inspiration to me where I was like, you know, looking up to him because he was much older than me. And then uh, later on in my career, actually, we ended up working together. So it's really cool to see how like, you know, an inspiration became kind of a peer over time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel that too, because, you know, that's what's so cool about our industry is like, you know, we can look up to them. And then when, you know, one day you guys are sharing stages together at festivals and it's just awesome. Oh yeah. Right. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now what has been going on now? Like we, as an industry have had quite a wild ride the last, um, year and a half or so. So what have you been doing during this time? Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, you know, it was, it was definitely something that uh, took us all by surprise, especially the entertainment industry. But I've always been a person that says, hey, you know, instead of letting life happen to us, let's live life intentionally. Let's live life on purpose, right? So we can't control certain, certain cir circumstances, but we can control the things that we can control. So I always ask myself every day that I wake up, I ask myself, well, uh, you know, there's curveballs being thrown at me. There's certain things that may seem unfair, but I can't control those things. Like I can't control how people are going to react towards me or how they're going to treat me. But what I can control is how I react to them treating, mistreating me or whatever else. Right. And so when it comes to COVID coming in and just like taking the industry by storm, I asked myself the same question. Well, we can't control this pandemic. That's, that's already happened. It's already a thing now. Right. But what, how can we respond to it? Right. And so one thing is now, uh, you know, I started off kind of as a solo DJ, but then I've kind of um, grown into this leader now where I, I don't even DJ as often anymore. I'm more of a leader of DJs now. And I had this very, very big opportunity to step up as a leader during this challenging time to really uh, provide confidence and security to my team. And so uh, I made a very bold promise and said, hey, I understand a lot of people may be freaking out right now. But mark my words, we are going to double in size once we come out of this, because I saw from back then that, yes, the industry has paused. Some people may not be able to make it all the way through to the other side. In addition to that, because all of these celebrations were paused as well, it would be this party frenzy once we got out of it, because everybody was sick and tired of being secluded in their own homes to then being able to finally celebrate and hug people and dance and just, you know, celebrate life. And so we're at the tail end of it here in California. We're a little, you know, we're a little delayed from the rest of the country, but get ready. Like we are going to be very busy, uh, in 2021 and 2022. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's going to, yeah. 
feel good back in business. I know my weekends are booking out. My friends are trying to find space to like hang out with me. I'm like, you better get get it on the calendar. Here's the link. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I have sent my, my calendar link to friends. Here you go. Oh, same here. Yeah. (laughs) All that really means is that you respect your time, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's something we learn, especially as parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, what has been a, a challenge of stepping into your leadership like that? I mean, we live in such a unique area. Has there been hmm. challenges for you? Oh, I mean, there's so many challenges, right? I mean, <laughs> there's almost too many to count. And also, uh, I wouldn't want to take up the entire podcast episode just talking about the challenges. Um, but yeah, there's definitely uh, lots of challenges. Uh, one joke that I've heard from other leaders, because one thing is that like when you first b- step into leadership, there's certain things that happen. Like you try to love on your people, you try to show up and try to over deliver for them. And uh, they may stab you in the back, right? And uh, at first you take it really personal because you're like, oh man, like what did I do wrong? Or, you know, how, how did this happen? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I loved on these people and they just like turned around, sat me in the back. Right. And there's this thing that I just heard over and over and over again is that, um, not only do you get stabbed in the back, but you get stabbed in the front as well as a leader. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I've been through it over and over and over again. And, uh, one thing that is one of our core values here at uh, at our company, uh, accurate is, uh, get better, not bitter. Right. So, even though we are mistreated at times, even though we are framed at times where people misspeak about us and, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do to make themselves look better. We are going to not stoop down to that level. In addition to that, we are just going to try to focus on ourselves on how we can improve. And a lot of times when this kind of stuff happens, which is really heartbreaking, I I personally like lose sleep over it because I do really care about people. And when, um, I get my heart broken like that, of course it's gonna affect you, right? Like, um, and so I ask myself, you know, what what did I do wrong in this situation that I can learn from? So that way I can make sure moving forward, it doesn't happen again. But like I said, at the start of the podcast, I can't control what the other person will do. I will never be able to control another person. I can only control what I can do, right? And so depending on how they respond or, or, you know, how they act, I have control over how I will react to them, you know, um, acting out or whatever else it may be. Right. And so that being said, I would say like leadership really comes down to, uh, loving on your people, but then also knowing that you are the bottleneck of your organization or your, your, uh, team that if you don't constantly grow your, your people will hit a ceiling because of you. Right. And so your job is to constantly push yourself to grow so that way you can be a great example and help pull people up instead of pushing them. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. there's a push leadership style, which is like intimidation, right? And there's a pull leadership, which is like, hey, let me pull you up with me, which is through inspiration and through, uh, you know, instead of manipulation, it would be persuasion as well, right? Yeah. No, I, I feel that a lot because I've talked with a lot of DJs who are at this point of growing their company and maybe we're forced to do that or encouraged to do that because of COVID and the double bookings. And, you know, we don't like to turn down a gig and it's like, well, how can you trust the people you're bringing on? That's, that's a big part right there. And then, you know, you know, if you give all this energy to train them and then they leave you and become your competition, there's going to be some feelings there. So it's like, yeah, always don't take things personal, but like, 
yeah, how can you enroll them just to be so loyal to you and your company? <laughs> it's it's yeah. fascinating. I mean, one thing that I was told uh, from a mentor of mine, he said that, uh, you know, if a lot of people are scared about that when they step into leadership, like, hey, if I teach them everything I know, they may be able to run off with that information and join the competition or even start their own thing, right? But instead of to change your mindset, instead of uh, from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset and actually tell, ask yourself like, hey, what is if I don't empower them? Right. What is if I don't empower them? What will happen? Like, yes, they may be able to uh, run off and uh, start their own thing or you know join the competition. But what is if they don't run off to the competition? What is if they don't uh, run off to compete against me and they actually stay? How much better will the organization be and so forth? Right. So we're always focused more on like the abundance mindset and say, hey, you know, there's plenty of events and business, even though we're in a small community there. Is, I mean, we're still overbooked and so there's plenty of opportunity for all of the djs in our community and across this country and this this world to be honest right for other markets that may be listening to this and uh in addition to that like even when a person does join your team and they may you know vote themselves out does not mean that you didn't gain from that experience even if it is just the memories that you created with that person and the the, the happy memories that you created or the happy times that you you shared with them I love that. And, it, and it's so much bigger than just ourselves and our company. You know, it's just for the whole industry. Like you and I are, you, we give back to the industry by podcasting, offering courses, um, taking what we've learned and giving back. So you have created DJ University. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So really, uh, DJ University was kind of a thing that I had. Uh, in mind back in high school. So I actually read Ray Kroc's book, which uh, Ray Kroc is the person that took the McDonald's concept. So really McDonald's was not started by Ray Kroc. It was actually started by two brothers, the McDonald's brothers. And Ray Kroc came into that story and then blew up McDonald's into what it uh, was back in the day, which is way more successful, but what it is also today. And um, they had a thing called Hamburger U. So, you know, everybody knows that uh, that McDonald's is a franchise. So for a person to want to invest in a McDonald's to, um, you know, buy a McDonald's and own a McDonald's, they have to attend Hamburger U and graduate from Hamburger U before they can uh, receive the keys for that, for that franchise. And so we created something similar of like DJ University, right? At first, it, that name wasn't available, but, you know, patients really paid off that I just kind of stuck it out. And I knew like, okay, at first we purchased djuniversity.org. And then once djuniversity.com became available, I snatched it, but it was definitely at a pretty penny price. Like it was not, not cheap. <laughs> wow. So tell us a little bit more about it. Like, so is it something that someone could just like go and enroll in or is there different classes? Yeah. So at first it was actually more of an internal thing, like for our, our company, Accurate Productions. It was actually like, we wanted to streamline our training process and put it online because ultimately we want to expand across the country over time. And so I knew that I can only be in one place at once. And therefore uh, I needed to make it virtual. So that way I could give a login to, to people across the country to learn the same exact method that, that we teach here in person. Right. Um, and then we thought, well, why don't we just rebrand it? And then now we can also sell it. So we literally aren't dumbing it down. Like the same exact training process that we, uh, we provide our team members for DJ company actor productions is what we actually now sell to students who want to get into the DJ game. 
And so uh, we do have courses like the beginner DJ course, advanced DJ course. Uh, and then also what we just got done wrapping up with was our book DJs bootcamp. So now we're teaching not only the technical skills, but the business side of things too, of like, Hey, now that you've acquired the skills, how do you actually get booked? How do you make sure that you run a profitable organization or a career, you know, for, for yourself? I mean, not everybody wants to run a DJ multi-op, right? Some people only want to run just like a, a solo op. So, um, that's not for me to tell people. So we just give multiple options for uh, different, you know, I guess avatar, avatar types that are out mm. there. Yeah. I love that because we all do it for different reasons. And some of those reasons, you know, there are multiple reasons. One, we love it. Obviously <laughs> we're super passionate. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the ones that will continue doing it their whole lives. Like us probably, but, yeah. or there's other <laughs> people that just, you know, want to try it out and it's not for them. Or there's the club DJ, the festival DJ, the event DJ, whatever it is. So there's so much room for, you know, what creating whatever you want with it. I'm curious, what do you think is, what do you think has been your top secret for staying so booked up because you've been really active in our community for a long time, DJing. What do you think it is? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I would say, you know, first and foremost, like, uh, cause it, it, to piggyback on, on the last, uh, part of what we talked about is that like, I got into DJing just like everybody else did. Right. Which was for the love of music and for the love of art, uh, the art of DJing. Right. But once I started a business, I also fell in love with playing the game of business. So I'm a little more unique than the average DJ in a sense of that. Like, I don't just uh, love the the art art side of things or the technical side of things. I actually love playing the game of business as well. And so um, I think that's really what has attributed to uh, us being booked out so much and us being able to scale is that um, – I think that like we just have the business sense to scale a company. So we run it as a legitimate organization, like a, a any company would versus just like, oh, let me book myself as a DJ. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I, I feel similar. Like I love business. Um, I love learning about business. And I feel like a lot of artists don't always have that. They don't have the both um, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So those that do have say, that can, you know, actually grow into these legit businesses and support their families from doing, you definitely. know, what we love. <laughs> I mean, one thing that I think we all know is that there are super talented artists, right? And same goes with DJs, super talented DJs that stay in their bedroom because they don't have the business sense, right? Like, and, and it's kind of unfair. It is truly unfair because these talented people should get booked out. They should be, their talent should be sharing with the world, uh, shared with the world. Right. But however, unfortunately the reality is the way that our society is built and our, our, um, economy is built is that like, you do have to have the business sense to actually put yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and confidence too goes a long way. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> that's something that I think time, time experience builds up that really i don't know any other i would say that's real confidence right like real yeah. confidence is based off real experience like the time mm -hmm. that you've put in you making mistakes and learning from those is what actually gives you real confidence over time right yeah. and unfortunately in the beginning you don't have that you don't have the real experience right and so you do have to kind of fake it until you make it in the beginning right because you need to be courageous enough to just to be willing to try Right. Mm -hmm. I think it was you that actually posted something on your newsfeed that I loved, which was, you know, be courageous enough to suck at something new. <laughs> right. I think you, you posted that a while ago. Yeah. And that always stuck out to me. I love that. Yeah. You know, we have to be risk takers. 
You have to, like I do scary events sometimes and, but there's that excitement and that nervousness and that's normal when there's something new. Um, Oh yeah. And you know, in the end, it's like definitely worth it. I mean, like I opened up for Peg Bundy, like Katie Seagal, like that was such a random, like a random gig, but like was, did I feel like I'm a rock and roll DJ? No. Did I grow up listening to a lot of rock and roll? Yes. Do I love rock and roll? Yes. Do I listen to it every day? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm assuming even you, you, you have years under your belt of experience and I'm assuming that you were still a little nervous before jumping on that stage. Right. Oh yeah. And what I always tell people is that like the nervousness is actually a good thing. It shows that you care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of human too. (laughs) True. True. Yeah. (laughs) When I feel the nerves coming in, I I give myself these pep talks and like, I'm like, just have fun. And then I have a new mantra that I think is hilarious. And it's, I am Beyonce. (laughs) Guys can use it too. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I am Beyonce. Just have fun because I value fun a lot. Like, you know, or like you were born to do this. (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah, like affirmations, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as a leader and growing your team and like, you know, you, you seem to be, you keep growing. Like when you bring on, new people, how do you, how do you, do you, I'm feeling like you probably have to teach them a lot about mindset also, because it's not only the skills, but there's a lot about controlling your mind and um, who you're being in business. So, yeah, most definitely. Like, I think it it comes twofold, right? There's so many, like the way that uh, it was broken down to me is that like, when it comes down to your results that you want, right? The things that happen before your results is is usually action, right? You have to take action in order to get results. But the thing that actually happens before action is the feeling, the emotions that you have, right? And the things that become before a feeling is actually the thought, the ideas that you have. So it goes from idea, like you have, you come up with an idea and then based on the idea, it gives you some sort of feeling, right? Some sort of emotion. And based on that f- emotion, you may or may not take action. And because you may or may not take action, you may or may not get the results, right? Mm-hmm. But right before a thought and idea, what really affects all of us is the programming, right? So it's actually the thing that like the environment that we were raised in, uh, even the teachers or the friendships that we have currently in our circle, they say that like the five closest people in your life is the average that you'll become, right? So if you have a, a certain level of of people in your your life that aren't where you're trying to go, then it's going to affect your programming, right? And really what, what it comes down to is like that, that's the programming is the mindset. So if you have a certain type of mindset, it is going to either propel you or limit you from the results that you want ultimately in life. So uh, mindset is everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for you and myself, just creating that community culture too. And like us being the leaders of like, that whole look at me, if I could do this, you could do this. Like, I think about that all the time. Like I have kids, I'm just living this tiny, tiny town. Like, 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 look what I've been able to do. Like you could do this too. And I couldn't agree more. Like the people we surround ourselves with is so important. Um, being around the go-getters, being around people that are where you want to be in business. I mean, having a business coach, having mentors, 
having a leader, a boss, like it creating that community culture. And I think that's something you've obviously nailed because you have a whole team and you're building out into San Diego now. Let's talk about that. How's that going? You know, it's actually very interesting. Like it's not, it's not just San Diego. Like we are actually, when I mentioned this again, this was too early 2020, right? When the pandemic pandemic hit, there's a lot of uncertainty. And I was like, made this bold promise. And I said, Hey, we're going to double in size once we come out of it. So we're not just looking at San Diego. We're actually looking at three different markets that we're trying to grow into between, uh, 2022 and 2023. So, um, really it's, it's we're we're scaling this thing. Like I've talked about this for so many years and because of my limiting beliefs, my fear, it's, I'm the bottleneck of the organization, right? So like everybody else is just kind of following the leader in that sense. Uh, cause they, um, you know, it, it's, it's easier to do that. And so therefore, um, I've held my, my organization behind and it's my fault actually. And that's the other thing that's really important with, with leadership is that, you have to be willing to take extreme ownership that even if it's other people's fault, you still have some sort of fault uh, within it just because you as a leader, by definition, take ownership and accountability of everything in your organization. So if your organization is failing in any category, it's not that person's fault. It's actually your fault as their leader, right? And so I asked myself that that question. I looked myself in the mirror and said, hey, what's what's stopping me? You know, like what's stopping me, Ben? Why am I, like even when it came to DJ University, same thing, right? It was like, I asked myself, I had this imposter syndrome. I'm like, who am I to teach DJs how to be successful? You know? And it wasn't actually the the person that actually helped me get over that limiting belief was uh, my good friend, Jason. And he looked me in the face and he's like, Ben, like, I couldn't think of a better person. You've dedicated over half of your life, like a majority of your life towards DJing. You've blown this company up. In addition to that, you hire people with no experience and you teach them how to become professionals for your brand to get five-star reviews, you are the person to do this. And, and even when I had all this stuff like that I've accomplished, I still have limiting beliefs as well. Right. And we always have to be mindful of those. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So you, we've talked about leadership a lot. So I pulled up my notes cause I have notes in my computer here of some leadership language because I Ooh. have been in leadership. And so there's a couple that stand out right here. If it's to be, it's up to me. That is a powerful one. And then 100% is possible 100% of the time. So, you know, like I know for me, if I've thought about something long enough and wanted something long enough, it will happen. It's not if it will happen, it's just when it will happen, you know? So you got to really want it. And you wanted it long enough. You didn't give up on it. And now it's happening. And maybe it's taking a lot longer, (laughs) which is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I would also say like, you know, um, and I'm I'm assuming you can relate to this because you've had office space as well, right? Um, Like moving into your first office is a really scary thing, right? Um, But once you go in there, then it becomes a new normal, right? But it's that initial step of leveling up that's the scariest the leap upwards right is is the scariest to to do and so for some reason i've always had this dream of like hey i'm going to expand this company across the country but i've always gotten really close to it and i'm like ah oh, i don't think i'm ready yet maybe i should wait a little longer right and so because of that it's my fault for i mean i wanted to do this for the last 10 years right and it's my fault that i'm not we're not there because i was too scared right and so uh I'm fed, fed up and tired with it. And so I told myself, you know what, regardless of how I feel about it now, I'm just going to do it. 
And that's yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, that's so great. Well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So um, how can we find you online and best support you? Yeah, I would say really djuniversity.com is a great way to stay in touch with all the things that we've got going on. Uh, we did just close down our Book DJs Bootcamp, uh, but really what it is is a five-day bootcamp where we teach you a method that not only gets you paid up front, to, uh, but it also attracts uh, you know paid gigs and also your dream clients at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's just an incredible method that has really worked well uh, for my personal DJ career. And then uh, now we've been able to empower other DJs just with this last run. It's already like people are already starting to see results, which is incredible. So that will be happening probably in the fall of this year. So fall 2021. Uh, but if you just go to the uh, website, djuniversity.com, you'll be able to find out and join the waiting list if you'd like to. And then uh, the only other thing I would say is uh, I also have a podcast, the DJ University uh, podcast, which is on all podcast platforms. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And it was great talking with you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Bye. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. We hope this episode provided you with incredible value. Please leave us a review so we can learn from your feedback on ways to improve. Subscribe to the podcast and be notified when the next episode drops. Lastly, don't just listen to this podcast. Take massive imperfect action.